1: Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg
0: Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call at 513-575-9654. If you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403B, some type of employer-sponsored plan, even an NUA analysis, here's the point. If you're no longer with the company, then as a rule, your money should not be there either. So we can help you take control, roll it out into a tax-neutral IRA, or perhaps split that into the NUA and the IRA. But again, take control of your money. Give us a call, 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, share your thoughts to team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford. but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence.
1: Greg? Well, today we're going to discuss how to set up a retiree-friendly portfolio. Now, making sure your investment portfolio, or nest egg, matches up with your actual lifestyle and risk tolerance. Keep those things in check, and you can journey forward and do pretty well. But you can do even better with the right mix of investments, the right asset classes, strategies, all according to, well, an overall plan. certainly helps. You know, the term safety, it can be used for many different instances of life, um, most most people view safety or safe as a good thing and one where you avoid dangerous things from happening. But when you think about the world that we live in, it seems obvious that we all want to be safe to some degree. But what about your money? What about safety when it comes to your money? How safe would you like your retirement assets to be? Do you plan on keeping them in the bank, the freezer, uh, the mattress? We say checking, savings, money market, or mattress. What do you have in cash not invested? Well, whatever that is, it must be for a purpose of liquidity or safety in your mind. It's, uh, however, not going to keep up with what? Inflation. It's not going to grow. You deplete it, it's gone. It has no hedge towards offsetting any form of depletion or withdrawal rate. So we have to be careful even not to include too much safety in this kind of uh, category of, you know, money mattress and or, or market money market checking savings mattress. Uh, freezer. Don't forget the old freezer. Uh, aluminum foil can kind of keep it protected too. Cold hard cash. Cold hard cash, yeah. Um, anyway, it leads us to helping you define uh, safety, perhaps differently, according to risk tolerance. That's the way to look at it. When it comes to your retirement assets and nest egg, just look at safety categorically by uh, according to your tolerance for risk. And then all up and down that scale from lower risk to medium risk to um, a higher risk. You might look at it as shorter-term, mid-term, and long-term. What is the purpose of money? Safety can mean something different for everyone. So people may have a, a view of safety as no risk at all, not losing one single penny. And others might say, risk tolerance for me, it might be risking 5 to 10% in exchange for something better over time. And if they know that they have the potential to make 20 to 40%, 5 to 10% downside risk may make a lot of sense, at least to that person. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. What's right for you is all that actually matters. So regardless of which type of person you are, there should be no cookie cutter definition or approach to safety or investing or financial planning when it comes to building your actual retirement portfolio. So everyone lives a different lifestyle. What's yours? What's your risk tolerance? We get older, it kind of changes,
0: James. Oh yes. And let's get into what we call the thought provoking questions that tie into today's show. So for starters, what exactly is retiree? friendly portfolio and maybe let's reimagine what does it mean to have safety in our market based portfolios safety used to mean we're going to move from equities to bonds from stocks to bonds bonds is someone's debt either government debt or corporate debt and it it used to be before 2022 came along that we assumed i know that 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 word can be a three syllable word sometimes that bonds equaled safety and what we have Painfully found out that that's not indeed the case. It does mean that there are times when even bonds can have significantly negative returns. Perhaps 10 to 12% is what we've seen this year for some of the bond portfolios. So, for example, if we're looking at the concept of insurance versus assurance, insurance is where you have a lock solid guarantee that you cannot, will not lose money. Insurance is almost exactly what it means. It's an annuity or something based on the concept of you have guaranteed safety. Assurance is like saying it would take a once in a hundred year market-based event for loss to occur. Now that's not necessarily the same as a guarantee, but it's like saying it would take something akin to the 1930s for there to be a market decline or at least my portfolio to experience a market decline. So again, are you okay with assurance Or do you need insurance as far as the safety in your portfolios? So I know that's a long way around describing what is a retiree-friendly portfolio. But again, it's what do you mean or what do you need when it comes to safety in your portfolio? Are there certain types of tools or maybe even strategies that help not only you but also your financial advisor in accurately determining the risk tolerance so again, being honest with yourself and honest with your financial advisor about what is your tolerance or appetite for market risk. Should you continue to invest in stocks and also the equities market in retirement? And this is, this is the key part, when you're at least comfortable taking on some market risk. Again, the question then is how much and for how long? What are the three buckets of money? We'll get to that throughout today's show as well as the the, the three bucket of money approach. How do you determine how much money should you have in each of the different buckets? At what age should you start taking maybe a portion of retirement assets and assigning them to say your income or your liquidity buckets? And that's, that's where, again, having some type of downside protection, what should safety mean to the typical person that's retired? Again, That's a subjective term about safety versus market risk. Should you invest differently? Maybe the question is how differently should you invest in the accumulation phase versus the distribution phase and the preservation phase of your market-based investing life? How should the income needs be factored in when setting up liquidity buckets, income buckets, and growth buckets? Those are the three buckets, by the way. And when is the best time to start saving for these different types of approaches? It's never too soon to start is the answer there. Greg, any thoughts?
1: All good questions. And you can see the theme is safety is relative to you and it should be connected and correlated to your plan. Um, Safety does have a consequence. It can be a safe way to lose money if we're not careful. Safety, I believe, is a direct reference to the first bucket that we'll be discussing of liquidity. And I already want you to be thinking about splitting that initial bucket into two components. One is truly emergency, and the second component would be just available. It doesn't have to be dormant. Neither technically has to be dormant. But then you get into these other buckets. As you described, we're going to be going in a little deeper dive. Now, when it comes to... Um,
0: well, let's, go let's define that. When you say available, there's a way of, of phrasing this that says, do you want liquid within an hour or just a couple of minutes? That's like saying, is it at your house or is it at your local bank, your brick-and-mortar bank location? Or liquid within a week. That means it's in a brokerage account, but again, within three to four business days, you can have the funds delivered back to you from the brokerage account. That's the liquid within a week.
1: Yes, and um, you know, a debit card away, in essence, or some method of withdrawal with a sense of immediacy. Um, whereas, you know, other money can be out there trying to grow and be available and do something other than, again, just being dormant. And there's a variety of people, different risk tolerances we see come in our office daily. And it's quite amazing how um, different the perspectives can be from their worldview, uh, the political landscape, its impact in their minds, at least on money and markets, whether it's actual or not, is uh, really their reality based on their perception. We're just here to coach and guide um, and work with uh, where you are. Well, you know, come as you are, as they say in some churches, just come as you are. We can work with you as long as you're here. And we can take you to a better place, I assure you. We have people come in with um, such risk aversion, uh, tax aversion too, James. Some people Mm -hmm. sometimes, I mean, seriously, would rather not make anything than have to pay the government taxes on gains. Now that one, I want to take a walk, a long walk on, think through, because I I just don't get that. But uh, I mean, I'll always go for make something, pay the taxes, and if the taxes become too bad, well, vote right, pray right, stay right. And if it gets even horrible and worse, And you can't handle the taxes. Well, there's always some place that might have a better tax picture if we can't fight and win it. But that aside, the other type of just aversion is just I can't tolerate risk. Don't sleep well, stomach aches, uh, nausea, insomnia, grouchiness, whatever it is. There are people that adverse to risk and um, desiring safety at even every cost, including a safe way to lose money with no little to no interest, no gain, pure liquidity you know, cash in the backyard in a hole. And I mean, just all types, everyone in between, but that's not a plan. A plan wouldn't allow you to do something like that. And you know, better you all, you would know better. So one of the largest disconnects we see day in day out is a prospective client coming in. That's comfortable losing only about five to 10% only to find that they could have potentially in fact lose 30% or more because they don't understand risk itself and what makes up by assets, the category of assets, bond fixed income versus stock James, you mentioned usually we find that stocks are for growth and bonds are for safety, but they haven't been like that lately, now have they? So whatever phase of life you're in, um, it's a, it's a, we call it the accumulation phase until you transition into distribution and preservation, which is retirement. And your mindset needs to change the advice, the methodology you use, all shifts at that point in time too.
0: There's more. There's much more. I'll find at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us so we can help. But stay tuned, you're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted.
1: Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown
0: Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth. And we are an independent RIA. That's a registered investment advisory firm. We do it for clients and not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number, 513-575-9654-9654. Website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we have some locations in Blue Ash, Westchester and Florence. Greg?
1: Well, we're continuing with how to set up a retiree-friendly portfolio. We're just talking about most folks prior to say age 50, 55 are still in the accumulation phase. We're still trying to accumulate uh, assets by contributions, matching and adding to your savings and trying to make it long-term in focus. And then uh, hoping someday it'll be there and residually enough that can can provide the cash flow you need in retirement. And then you get to that phase, the actual retirement phase, and you pivot into what is preservation and safety and distribution. You want it a little bit safer and in line with your actual goals and cash flow needs and uh, the expectations for um, reasonable growth over time to get you where you need to be over the rest of your forever. And then uh, within that phase, the distribution of providing you that cash flow well, what, what happens after that legacy? But this is more of a living benefit discussion today. And your mindset, though, in this distribution phase, isn't as critically focused on growth of those assets, those investments, those buckets of money at all cost. No, it's more measured and it's intentional. So one of the biggest problem areas we see, people still have all or most of their retirement assets allocated at that full risk when they retire.
0: James? Well, Part of our job is really to help educate and maybe inform clients about and maybe even prospective clients as well about their retirement portfolios. For example, if you do have a variable annuity, understanding exactly what are the features and the benefits and the costs involved with something such as that. And I, I kind of paraphrased the variable annuity as far as our company's philosophy about this very, very much like this. 99% of variable annuities give the other 1% a, a bad name. Very much so, what we've seen is that the vast majority of these products are loaded with fees, commissions, and expenses, redundancies of investments, and how that works is that it it creates where you have a market-based account that's really literally costing you between 3 and 5% overall in annual fees, and if you take a step back and you say, well, would you pay your, your investment advisor 5%? The obvious answer is no, you would not voluntarily pay them 5%. So then why are you paying the broker brokerage firm and the insurance company a combined 5% for your product? So with our call to action very simply is this. If you have a variable annuity, call us. We can help you maybe at least better understand what you have before you attempt to get out of that, because if you just simply say, I want to get out of this, it might cost you even more to get out of this if you get out at the wrong time, because then you might incur things called surrender charges. So on top of the fees you've already paid, you might have even more fees just to simply exit at the wrong time from one of these products. Greg's any thoughts on the variable annuities? You can't
1: afford to rely on them without knowing what they really are. So come in and see us. We'll fully analyze that. We'll share you uh, with you the results of that. Uh, people make great decisions, good information, and you'll be one of them. That's all we can ask. Come on, in, in fact, races to our office if you have a variable annuity. If you got it from a bank, register rep, a stockbroker, a brokerage firm, wherever you got it, you need to get it checked by someone who's a fiduciary who puts your interests first, not that of the company or the firm. And I guarantee you'll be very, very satisfied that you had a second opinion on any kind of variable annuity product, period. That's all my thought on that.
0: So yes, it is very important to know what you own and also why you own it, but we don't dictate or mandate that you must invest in a certain, I'd say, portfolio or in a certain way just because you happen to be at a certain age or demographic. It's very much tailored to the individual or the collective view when it comes to how we recommend people should invest. But again, you should understand your risk tolerance, being honest with yourself and your advisor, your comfort level with having your investments in varying degrees of market risk. And again, what exactly is market risk? Does that mean equities versus bonds? Does that mean having downside protection? We'll get to that a little bit later in today's show as well that there might be a better way or a reimagined way of how to mitigate your overall market risk. And it does not necessarily mean switching to bonds or shifting to the bond type of strategies. So again, once you have that figured out, that's when we create a plan. So it does all start with a plan, having a plan, knowing what you own, why you own it. And where people start feeling unsettled, Greg, is typically when they don't really have a plan.
1: Yeah. You know? when, and when you come in, and do come in, and just contact us, email, um, give us a call. We will have a time. The first appointment is just all about you. We're going to get all the facts on the table about where you're at, what you have, how you're invested, um, how you're, what your savings rate is, your expenses, lifestyle, goals, and objectives, when you seek to retire. We'll help you then in the second appointment. Guess what? It's all about you. Again, we'll share all of the recommendations that we have based on the analysis, all the details in the analysis. We'll have a draft plan that's comprehensive and fully usable, just may not have uh, your fingerprints on it yet. So we'll get you deeply involved in uh, preferences, likes, dislikes. Make sure that it meets your cash flow needs in the future, that meets your risk tolerance. It's aligned with your goals and your objectives. It provides um, the appropriate growth over time and investments that you, you don't have a bias against that don't uh, feel unsettling to you. And we want to just line it up so you can succeed on purpose. We'll look at your estate. We'll make sure you have uh, powers, attorneys, the wills, trust, uh, healthcare directives, all that taken care of. We'll look at your taxes, a tax review, make sure you're as tax efficient as you can be and improve upon that. We can take on the preparation work thereafter. We only do taxes for clients. We can look at Roth conversion, social security maximization, Pension maximization. If you're looking at a company buyout and you're wondering, you know, what you should do, how you should do it uh, on those pensions—lump sum, monthly check, a little bit of both—what uh, what is best for you? All in the context of an overall financial plan that's comprehensive in nature. And I'm also I run into this a lot. Are you holding highly appreciable stock in one of these large companies, these national companies? And here you're working in the tri-state area: P and G, Kellogg, the old Cincinnati Bell. Uh, whatever it's today, it just escapes me, but it happens all the time when uh, companies transition or they transition you or you're ready to move on. If you're holding some of that stock, we may need to look at an NUA, um, NUA analysis to see if you should be taking some of that out a different way than just straight rollover to an IRA and save you a lot of taxes over time. All of this matters. When you retire, what you have is all you have moving forward. If you plan on stopping working and not adding new money after old money, we got to make it last how long? The rest of your life. Pretty important. How many times you retired? Probably not one yet. Uh, We want to get it right the first time? You sure do because you don't get do-overs typically. Uh, Have we seen this before? Thousands of times. Do we have the experience? Absolutely. Do we have your back? We're financial fiduciaries. I just say any other questions you have, just come on in, in and see us and let us help you. Let us help you now.
0: Yes. The NUA stands for Net Unrealized Appreciation. There's some really fascinating characteristics about this type of, of, I'd say, opportunity. It might be a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that you should not just simply forsake, overlook, or downplay. It is worth exploration to say, is this right for me or us in our particular situation? And our phone number, 513-575-9654, call us. We can help. Greg, what's next?
1: I would just say profoundly. If you're with a one-trick pony financial advisor that may or may not be actual a financial advisor, might be an insurance agent, or they're quote-unquote a financial advisor, but they only do one thing, put money in, in investments, um, you, you need you need help. You, you just cannot accept that. Your financial future is far more important than settling for something you don't have to. and And technically and factually, you just shouldn't. You have no business doing that. So do give us a call. James, Retire Friendly Portfolios... What, what do we do here? We well,
0: have- the call to action is if you do have this particular option, and, and this is for people who have a pension, by the way, and it is becoming, I, I'd say it's almost going the way of the dodo bird where pensions are becoming extinct. And as it stands right now, about one in eight people, uh, soon to be retirees, do have access to a pension. The call to action on this is simply, should you take the lump sum option if one's available, Versus should you annuitize it, which is to say, take the monthly pension payout. Several factors involved with that would be, what are the payout factors? Do you know how to measure the payout factor? What is the company going to guarantee? That's the burden hand versus two in the bush that says, if I take the lump sum option, then I can privatize my investment. And if I privatize my investment, one of the benefits to that is you can get spousal benefits, either at the 100% level or whatever level that you want. Versus if you take the annuitized option, what is the payout factor with a spousal benefit? Whether it's 100%, 75%, 50%, or even 0%. So there's different ways of approaching this. It doesn't necessarily mean that one way is better than the other. It depends upon your individual situation, what that company is going to guarantee, how financially solvent is that company, is that a risk? And instead of just simply doing it by yourself, maybe you should measure twice and then cut once that means come see us have a second opinion on the health of your wealth and then go from there there's more there's much more our phone number at the office 513-575-9654 call us we can help but stay tuned you're listening to the sound mighty investment show with brown financial advisors here on 55 krc the talk station
1: Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown.
0: And I'm James Worth, and we are an independent registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients and not companies. And it does all start with the plan. That means actually having a plan, knowing what you own and why you own it. So whether you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, IRA rollover, investment planning, retirement planning, income planning, tax planning, social security maximization, Roth conversion analysis, NUA analysis, perhaps even for some, an in-service rollover. All those and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, y'all.
1: Okay, we're going to continue with how to set up a retiree-friendly portfolio. And uh, we left off kind of talking about pensions, lump sum, um you know, the monthly payment options. Uh, some folks are told to uh, take the larger single payout amount and then the difference between that and a survivor's benefit amount would be invested in essence into life insurance that would pay upon their death a lump sum tax free to the, uh, the beneficiary, that spouse or whoever would have otherwise received the joint benefit of a monthly payment had it been selected. I'll just let you know that that blows up a lot of times people think about it don't do it sounds good but they don't implement they do implement they don't hold on to it and it just it falls short high percentage of the time we don't see that that plan that's so easily spoken of around the water cooler gets executed effectively so what are your options well james was talking about payout factors and payout factors are in essence whatever bucket of money that has your name on it actuarially that's backing the pension payments is a bucket of money that sometimes you can take lump sum, right? Well, the payout factor they use against that bucket of money will dictate mathematically how much the monthly payment is. Well, it's true. They'll give you a a larger payout factor than some private investment choices would on a guaranteed basis some privately insured pension options. But why is that? I mean, it's not that much more, but it's attractively different and more. Well, it's because they know that once you're done with the pension, uh, they keep the rest of the bucket of money. Right, you control nothing. So, if your income is generally okay with different sources through a financial plan to cover your cash flow, and the pension just a part of it, we can make a private um, investment fully insured to replicate a self-funded pension. It won't pay as much monthly, true, but it will pay you all that you need, and you'll stay 100% control of the money. We're invested otherwise. If your income's really in a good spot and you don't need the pension monthly payment. Take the lump sum, invest it in your future, and know that if you don't ever get around to needing it for your living benefit, it'll be another legacy asset that can pass to people you love or charities you care about. So just some final thoughts wrapping up that prior segment. We're talking about pensions there for a moment.
0: James? Well, and this is leading into where we talk about the allocation rules of thumb. Rules of thumb, it's like saying, well, how big is your thumb? What's the rule that says, what should you do? So generally speaking, If you are more conservative, then you don't take as much market risk. That doesn't mean that it's cookie cutter. It just simply means how you individually or even collectively are wired. If you're not wired to take market risk, then find a different way to invest. And there are different ways to invest that you don't have to take full market risk. So depending upon your, I guess you want to call it your risk number, maybe there's something called a rule of 110 or even a rule of 120 that is based somewhat on your age and using that as a factor of how much risk you should take, how much equities risk you should take. So for example, using a rule of 110, take that number minus your age and the remainder comprise maybe of what you should invest in. So if you are age 60, for example, 110 minus 60 equals 50. So that means you would have about 50% in market risk, equities risk, and 50% in something that's not as much in market risk, either not at all in risk or a, you know, this is where you have either bonds or a bond replacement strategy for the other 50% of your money. Bond replacement strategy might be fixed annuities. It might be fixed indexed annuities. There are a number of fantastic options you can do with annuities that maybe fills in gaps you otherwise haven't really planned for or necessarily covered in your retirement So for example, do you have a plan in place to cover a potential long-term care stay? And if you don't, what are some ways of maybe covering that particular hole in your otherwise retirement plan is what is the event and how do you pay for a potential long-term care stay, either for one of you individually or collectively both of you when it comes to funding your retirement. Greg, any thoughts on that?
1: No, not really. I just know that um, allocation and what you're going to use should align with that purpose. You know, again, you, what part of your portfolio and investments are at the right risk? They should all be at the correct risk level. What component of your investments are going to provide for income versus um, growth uh, versus availability, liquidity, but not stagnation or dormancy? Um, good question. It, it needs to all be at work for you, in our opinion, at some level, and all based on liquidity needs, all the way to cash flow needs, income needs, to growth needs, and then eventually legacy needs and purposes. So, James, what about um, the tax consequences of invest in, investing over time? That's another way that can be a cost or a risk. I mean, we take your long-term buckets of money, and if you're in the retirement phase and you're in your first full year of retirement, and we know that your income level is going to be at a certain lower level than it was while working... You have other options available to you. We can start um, maybe a 10-year illustration of a Roth conversion to get it more tax-free and still meet your income needs, still meet your growth needs and your investment needs. There are just a lot of ways to take this. But it does start with allocation of risk tolerance, allocation of asset classes that align with that risk allocation, and then the allocation of just are you investing correctly um, for your targeted purposes in your overall plan. So, I mean, that can get to the three buckets of money. The first bucket, we were, we were talking about this earlier. The first bucket would be your, I need money now, your emergency money, your liquid money, your, your debit card away from deducting the money. Your second component of that first bucket would be, well, you know, I don't need it just like right away, but I don't want to worry that it's caught in a crossfire of a large amount of volatility in the market, that it's... Uh, Exposed to so much risk, it could be lost. And then, if I need it, there won't be enough of it in this near term. So, that first bucket split into two emergency, truly liquid, and the second component, don't let it be dormant, have it grow and do something. That second bucket, more of your income purpose bucket, you take your social security, maybe some form of pension, and you figure out on a monthly basis that foundational income equals X amount of dollars. In comparison to how much you need, the difference would be a gap. So in this second bucket, we're going to utilize that to target resolving and solving for the income gap so that you either have an I-know-so method where it's fully insured and it's guaranteed. You can go to the mailbox every month and and rest assured it's there like another pension or Social Security check. Uh, And then that leaves, now that that's solved, the rest of your investable long-term dollars can be at some market risk because you don't have dependency on that money for cash flow, for income. So this third bucket can have different purposes, but they're mostly long-term, right? They're long-term in terms of going out and exchanging risk for reward, for growth. They can be a little riskier for that reason. They're still typically liquid. So if something comes up in life, you have a backup bucket to still take some money as needed. Maybe it's the bucket also you're going to use for other um, financial goals and objectives, like help with a down payment on a second home or one of those RVs or helping the kids with some financial goal that they have that you can be supportive of. Um, Could be college, could be first home for grandchild. Uh, The list goes on and on. Whatever it might be, according to a plan, your goals are achievable. if, If you just put structure under it, typically is what we find. So those three buckets. Liquidity and emergency, you have your second bucket, which is income focused to solve for that. And the third is that long ball, that long bucket that goes for growth because you don't have such dependency on it. And we can take some risk there in that risk growth opportunity
0: bucket. Well, you mentioned about Roth conversion, and there are several reasons to do a Roth conversion. One is maybe you have a fairly substantial amount already invested in traditional IRAs or traditional employer-based plans like the 401ks or 403b's. And so when you transition into retirement age and you're looking at, well, RMD, required minimum distributions, means I have a substantial amount of money I have to take out whether I want to or not. So another approach to that is to downsize the amount you have to take out by converting slowly, or it may be even not as slowly over time, the amount from your traditional retirement accounts into the Roth accounts. So if you can, if you can, convert from traditional to Roth, not only is there no RMD from the Roth, but it also means that for the future, all that growth from the Roth IRA will be tax free. So going from something that's taxable, tax deferred to eventually being tax free has a lot of allure for for people in retirement. It also means that maybe just maybe you're paying someone else's taxes. That means your heirs, your beneficiaries when it comes to Roth conversions. Typically, that's what we see people doing with their Roth IRAs is they wind up leaving it to their heirs and their beneficiaries as a form of a tax-free inheritance, which is a great thing to do. But remember, your retirement comes first. So make sure that you can pay for not only into retirement, but through retirement and beyond retirement. It's like to infinity and beyond. So that's that's the concept of why when we say the growth bucket, it's appropriate to understand What is the purpose of not only your Roth conversion, is it for you or is it for the future you or for your beneficiaries as to what you're trying to accomplish? There's more. There's much more. Our funder at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us if we can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to The Sound Mighty Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, The Talk Station.
1: Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm
0: Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth. And we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do refer clients, not companies. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg?
1: James, I heard some sirens. It's because it's a retirement emergency. It is time to focus on this. Give us a call. Uh, I know it's a holiday season. Don't put it off. If you're looking at New Year's, you want to start fresh. Okay, we'll see you then, but don't keep kicking this bucket or this ball down the road. It needs to be dealt with. Speaking of buckets, well, let's just look at these again real quick. You have your security bucket, your emergency bucket, bucket number one. Okay. Emergency need for cash. Now second component of that can be a little more midterm Invest it for something. Don't let it sit there for nothing. Uh, Second bucket is all about focusing on solving for income, whatever gap you might have in your overall plan between other sources of income and the amount needed is the gap. We'll solve for it with bucket number two, putting in the appropriate money there using the right tools just for that purpose. The third bucket, it has two legs. The first leg is just long-term growth, no dependency on it for income. So you can take on some, some risk, use right strategies for the right reasons and um, let that grow hedge inflation over time and also be liquid in case you need it. The second component of it might be to satisfy some of those dreams, some of those lifestyle goals and objectives that are separate of just growing money over time for future cash needs It is uh, or cash flow needs. This is more about, again, mentioned um, second home, RV, uh, just memory makers that you might want to pursue or uh, charitable interests you might want to uh, benefit others by. So this takes us into, well, how do you know what to invest in any of these buckets? Well, according to a plan, sure helps, and come on in. We'll get you a complimentary one. That means free. We'll do all that analysis, as mentioned earlier, at no cost to you, so you can have good information to see if you see a fit for us to work together thereafter. But measuring your risk, measuring your risk to know which of these investments are appropriate. Now, if you go to our website and you look for um, color of money, Take your color of money risk analysis. It's a comma. We call it the color of money risk analysis. About 11 non-invasive questions. And right at the conclusion of that, you get your risk score and your color of money report. And it'll load up into a, a report in a vault that will open up for you. And you can download and see your, your printed report. And, um, and we'll go from there. It's a great foundational step. So measuring risk of investment starts with your, your risk of money color of analysis report. What is the color of your money? Okay, let's say a prospective client comes in their office, they're wanting to retire soon, and they're unsure if they have enough money to retire. Well, we'll look at their investments and other information, determine that, yes, they've saved enough to retire comfortably, but then realize that that, that real person is here because the real reason is their anxiety. And perhaps they've been exposed, overly exposed to too much volatility for too long. Okay, that sounds, that sounds like a real emergency when you look at it that way. Their anxiety. Now, okay, what can you do about anxiety? Feed it what it needs. The stable, calming, confirming information that says it's okay. So after running the current portfolio through our portfolio uh, analysis review tools, we'll be able to uncover what it is indeed that's keeping them up late and the root of their anxiety. They're exposed to too much risk or the wrong types of risk or the wrong types of investments leading to the, the feeling of overt drowning, suffocating risk. The next step set it in a retirement portfolio that will know suits their needs aligned with the risk and the kinds of issues we work with every day. It's where our experience lies. This isn't our first rodeo. It might be your first retirement It's certainly not ours. And we like to help you with that. And we have some solutions. I mean, people ask, well, what are some examples of some solutions that help in this, uh, this phase of, of investing? And, and this could be, you're still in accumulation. And you're not a big risk taker or you're in the distribution phase and retired and like to stay successfully retired. It may be applicable to you. These aren't recommendations. These are just examples. We have many, many more where these come from. James, you want to take us through one or two?
0: Well, I'm going to kind of set the table first. We hear this from many people, many investors about what they want is they like the opportunity for the market growth, but they're also looking for for some downside protection from potential market losses. And it's a very difficult thing to do is how do I get basically the S&P type of return over time with only taking, you know, treasury's type of risk. That's that's really not anything that's logical or, or what anyone can do. It just means that how do I get market growth without taking risk? You you almost cannot do that. What you can do is find a more creative way, which is what we've done to go back and provide Not only the upside potential, notice that keyword there is potential, but also providing downside protection. And then what we also provide are different options that says, well, we have more defensive portfolios that provide a lot of downside protection, maybe even 100% downside protection. And you're like, wait, really? Is that really something that's possible? The answer is absolutely yes, it's possible. Greg, give us some details.
1: Well, in these structured portfolios um, called buffered index portfolios, you well here's an, an exact example, okay? And we get new rates on these every 30 days and then the strategy closes and we open up a new window and, and more funding can come in. So this is a limited time. Um, you, you, you ask this the same question, what is this buffered portfolio index?
0: When, I promise you this. It's not too good to be true. These are real numbers. They do exist. And I'm sorry to interrupt. Greg, continue. Yep.
1: For those safety-minded ones, as you said, James, that don't want any downside exposure, well, if you take the lesser-performing results of the S&P 500 or Dow, whichever the two is lesser-performing over the next two years, and you put money into this strategy, two years later, where it's at then, the results then is all that matters. If it goes up, down, sideways, and it will between Now and 24 months out, all that matters is the end result, okay? Now, of the end result, if the lesser performing of the S&P 500 or Dow is up, let's say, more than 23%, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Well, how about if I tell you that you can get the first 23% of the upside? In other words, there's a cap of 23. If it's up 20, you get 20. If it's up 25, you get 23. If it's up 23, you get 23. Can you get it? That's a cap. Well, what if it's down 23? You lose nothing. Zero is your hero. It's 100% buffer protection. So you have two moving parts here, really. The cap is the limit to the upside participation of the result. In this case, 23%. The buffer is the absorption to the downside. It happens to be 100% principal protection. So that means it absorbs 100% of any downside. So if it's down, the result is negative 10, it's zero. 15, negative, zero. 25% negative, it's zero. You get it? So that's one, uh, you might say that's more of a pessimistic view of the market. If we ask you, what do you think the market's going to look like 24 months out looking back? You might say, I don't don't really know, but I I just, I got a feeling it's negative and, and I don't like it. Well, this would be for you. Upside without downside on that. So number two, a different approach. You want to make money two ways, not just if the result's positive, but what if it's Somewhat negative. Can you still make money off a negative? Well, this is interesting. It's a buffered index portfolio, but it's referred to dual directional. Dual means two ways to to make a positive. So in this case, the lesser performing of the S&P and Dow Jones, 18 months from now. So all we care about is the result of the lesser performing of the S&P or Dow, 18 months out. So it's 18 months later. Let's see what's happened. Well, there's a cap. Like the other had a cap. This one's 22.75% not 23, 22.75. So if the result is positive 23, you get 22.75. If it's positive 20, you get 20. The cap's 22.75. Now the buffer, this buffer is 20% absorption of the downside, not a hundred percent, a little different. So if the, the result was down 20%, you'd be down zero. It was down 30%, 30%, you'd be down 10. The first 20%, the buffer's 20%, absorbs the first 20% of the downside. But wait, how do you get a positive out of a negative? Well, if the result is somewhere between zero and the buffer of negative 20, an example, negative 15, that's between zero and negative 20, right? It becomes a positive 15. What if it's a negative 19? It becomes a positive 19. What if it's a negative 20? It's a zero. You just hit the buffer. So dual directional allows you to make money to the upside. It allows you to make a return if you stay between zero and the buffer. And then if it's at the buffer or lower, the buffer absorbs whatever it is, in this case, with 20%. So just some examples. And James, for people out there with a, um, a taste for CD type products, please don't let them settle for what the bank offers. We have, we have better opportunities for them.
0: If you're looking at, and this is where the time value of money comes in, people sometimes their time horizon is two years, sometimes it's three years, sometimes it's five years, sometimes it's 10 years. But if you're looking at, for example, a three-year fixed annuity, short-term three-year fixed annuity, that interest rate is somewhere between five and five and a half percent. And depending upon your liquidity needs, for example, people taking or having to take required distributions, there is liquidity built into these as well, where it allows you to take monies out. If you need to take monies out, five years would be more like 5.6%. So there is the absolutely guaranteed, I can get this every single year, a multi-year guaranteed annuity, 5.3, 5.5, 5.6% over three to five years. Greg, any closing thoughts?
1: No, it's just, it's a CD type annuity. It's deferred, you know, has some tax benefits to it. Uh, James mentioned some liquidity, and we find these are much better rates than the bank. So just stop before you walk into a bank or brokerage firm. You're probably in the wrong place as an investor anyway.
0: Give us a call. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us we can help. On behalf of Greg, myself, James, we want to thank you for listening today. Have a great week. And remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.